CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes. Homegrown extremism has never been more emboldened or more mainstream. The damage caused by Donald Trump's legacy of insurrection and division will not be easily repaired, despite the swearing-in of Joe Biden as President of the United States. As Molly Thomas reports, the challenge now is to quell the wildfire spread of violent and dangerous hate groups, both in the U.S. and here in Canada. It's a ceremony that's supposed to signify a new beginning. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., do solemnly swear. Underlined by Joe Biden's inaugural theme, America United. Preserve, protect, and defend. The Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. So help you God. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. Thank President. A strong signal at America's temple of democracy. Here we stand, just days after a riotous mob thought they could use violence to silence the will of the people, to stop the work of our democracy, to drive us from this sacred ground. Oh yeah, whoa! They broke through, it's on! Rioters stormed the Capitol January 6th with weapons of all kinds, breaching a sacred space, leaving the most powerful democracy in tatters. Inaugurations in Washington are always high security events, but Joe Biden's was extraordinary. 25,000 National Guard were brought in, double what's normally used, but this time armed with M4s. And for the first time, those soldiers were screened by the FBI before setting foot inside the massive fortified perimeter. This after intelligence discovered rioters would try to infiltrate the military. The entire area of the Capitol, the site of the swearing in, fully locked down, including the iconic spot where hundreds of thousands normally gather when a new president is sworn in. Please raise your right hand and repeat From Barack Obama. I, Barack Hussein Obama, do solemnly swear. To the first president to take the oath at Capitol Hill, Thomas Jefferson. It's one of America's most treasured political traditions. Hi, John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Hi, Ronald Reagan. Hi, Jimmy Carter. George Herbert Walker Bush. William Jefferson Clinton. The peaceful transition of power from one president to the next. The celebratory feel of the traditional inauguration stripped away by the threat of Donald Trump's ultra right wing supporters. For five years, he has been speaking narratives that are racist, xenophobic, uh, exclusionary, and, and violent. Global hate crime expert Barbara Perry has been watching how extremist groups have taken their cues from Donald Trump. Why now is all of this anger and violence, I guess, coming to the surface uh, with Trump followers? It didn't take him long to build a, a really strong core of people who were swayed by his very early um, references to, you know, the risks associated with immigration, with Muslims, with Latinos, with blacks, or, you know, with trans people. Remember this, a lot is just common sense. They're not sending us their finest, okay? They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. 
they're rapists. You go through a whole litany of people that he vilified, and he struck a chord there. He struck a chord with a who's who of racist America, from Holocaust deniers to the Proud Boys, a far right-wing group started by a Canadian, which took off like wildfire in the US. Proud Boys was started by a Canadian. Many people don't know that. Should Ottawa be designating that group a terrorist group? I think it's time to have that conversation, absolutely. Four days after the Capitol attack, Canada's public safety minister, Bill Blair, wasn't ready to commit. We're very mindful of ideologically motivated violent extremists, including groups like the Proud Boys. They're white supremacists, anti-Semitics, Islamophobic, misogynist groups. Um, they're all hateful, they're all dangerous. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh believes the time is now to label them terrorists, like ISIS and Al-Qaeda. The fact that they were white supremacists, uh, racists, and other groups coming together, and the Proud Boys were a major part of this, we need to make sure they are no longer able to operate in Canada. The Proud Boys took part in a string of violent, racially charged clashes during Trump's presidency, including a 2017 Unite the Right rally where a neo-Nazi rammed his car into counter-protesters, killing a woman. Trump's response? You had some very bad people in that group, but you also had people that were very fine people on both sides. Ever since then, Americans have challenged Trump to denounce the ultra-nationalist group. Give me a name, give me a white name. White supremacists and right proud boys. Stand back and stand by. That only emboldened them. And they weren't the only hate group listening. One of the most visible symbols in the Washington riot, QAnon, a conspiracy group that believes Democrats, including Hillary Clinton, hid child sex slaves in the basement of this DC pizza restaurant. They're so brainwashed that a fervent follower burst into that restaurant firing an assault rifle demanding to be let into the dungeon. But the building doesn't even have a basement. In the recent Capitol riot, one of the most recognizable radicals was this man, a QAnon supporter who's since been arrested. So Barbara, I'm looking at a photo here of the man that calls himself a QAnon shaman, uh, various symbols on his body. Uh, what sticks out to you? He's got the flag and then he's got it painted on his face. So that indicates the Patriot and the Patriots movement. The far-right patriot movement believes no government can be considered legitimate. It has connections to many white supremacist groups and has been growing since 2008, the year the first African-American president, Barack Obama, was elected. One of the most visible symbols there is on his belly. That seems to look like Thor's hammer, which is very much a part of Odinist mythology and has been been borrowed by the, by the far-right and white supremacist groups. The triangles are what is often referred to as a Volknot, which is a neo-Nazi symbol. Symbols of hate were not only worn by the insurrectionists, they were built. This one was the most appalling for me, the noose uh, with the Capitol building right in the background there. What does that tell you? Historically, what is the noose associated with? It's associated with lynchings, right? Lynchings of black Americans. As we're finding out more and more, there was also intention to locate and to execute and in fact hang uh, some of those who they were holding responsible for Trump's failure, including Pence because of that last minute, what they see, uh, betrayal. Hey, 
was the first time they saw Vice President Mike Pence disloyal to Trump, and it infuriated them. This group is fiercely protective of Donald Trump, believing he is on their side. Trump was a Washington outsider, so many extremist groups feel he's their guy on the inside of an otherwise corrupt government. Pence was presiding over the session of Congress that would officially name the winner of the election. It wasn't Donald Trump, but it was the law. Where Pence stood just moments before, as shown in this New Yorker video. Incredibly, the QAnon follower reached the speaker's dais and delivered his ominous message. I'm going to take because Mike Pence is a it's only a matter of time. Justice is coming. In a moment. He could be found guilty of one or more crimes. Can U.S. democracy survive an insurrection? And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. We'll be right back. to Inauguration Day were festering after years of dangerous rhetoric. It was the chaos Donald Trump called for, a carnage he never officially sanctioned, but many deeply feared. The police response to the violence highlighting two very different Americas. January 6th was a cool, cloudy day in Washington. Congress was set to officially name Joe Biden the winner of an extraordinarily contentious presidential election. Preparations for Biden's inauguration were taking place on Capitol Hill. While about four kilometers away at the White House, President Donald Trump was riling up his rabid mob of followers, preparing to unleash them. All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. Our country has had enough. We will not take it anymore. The public was warned that Donald Trump's followers would not go out quietly. Yet on the day Congress was set to solidify the next president, police in the Capitol were not prepared. This despite furious online chatter by right-wing extremist groups with plans to head to Washington as early as December. It was about to become one of the darkest days in modern American history. When, um, you know, we, we heard agencies in the United States say they had, they had, you know, no knowledge, no information that it was going to be that bad. Yeah, that's not true. It's, it's really obvious and really prevalent if you kind of follow these places. Evan Belgord is executive director of the Canadian Anti-Hate Network, tracking far right-wing groups online. QAnon here has been talking about it for weeks, um, you know, and, and when they showed up, they showed up prepared. Some guy shows up with zip ties, essentially flexible handcuffs. There were two viable pipe bombs found and 11 Molotov cocktails. The assault on the Capitol was clearly coordinated. Violent online rhetoric becoming real life. 
we're following all of that because um, when things happen in the United States, uh, we feel the effects uh, here in Canada usually is a bit of a delay, but it kind of sends similar messages to, to our hate groups here. With so many warning signs, how could police have missed this? Raising questions beyond security. Evan, do you feel like the police response uh, was was tempered down because this these were white supremacists going into the capital and and for example not black people. There is a bias on the part of police and the bias also comes from in part the fact that um, most of these uh, far right groups are are very pro police and very vocally pro police. A recent American report found police are three times more likely to use force against demonstrators they feel are left-wing, like supporters of Black Lives Matter, than those they see as right-wing, such as white supremacists. If you're black or if you're white, there are two very different Americas. Akwasi Owosu-Bempa teaches about race, crime and criminal justice at the University of Toronto. Part of that has to do with perceptions of danger and, and uh, propensity for violence. You know, mm -hmm. black people are seen as dangerous um, in the popular imagination. They're seen as often being violent, whereas you know, white people are not seen in, the, seen in the same way. It may be a reason America's most important symbol of democracy was so lightly protected, even as this was going on. We fight like hell, and if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. At high noon, the man who refuses to let go of power tells his followers to head down Pennsylvania Avenue. We're gonna walk down to the Capitol. And they did, by the thousands. Inside, no one had any idea what was coming. Biden's confirmation was imminent. Some Washington heavy hitters in Trump's own party suddenly turned against him. Even Mitch McConnell, the Republican Senate majority leader, split from Trump's side. The voters, the courts, and the states have all spoken. If we overrule them, it would damage our republic forever. The crowd was outraged, and apparently some officers too. Several have been charged with helping rioters gain access to the building all while lawless men and women broke down doors and shattered windows, forcing politicians of all stripes to hide. Akwasi, beyond your role as an academic or a sociologist, what went through your mind as a black man watching what happened during that riot? Had I engaged in similar behaviors, had I you know, conducted myself in that way, had I you know, stormed the Capitol building and engaged in looting and, and violence, there's little chance that I would have been escorted out, that I would have had help to uh, clear the tear gas out of my eyes by law enforcement. That was the scene at last summer's Black Lives Matter protests. Rows of police officers, often using rubber bullets and tear gas, even though more than 90% of those gatherings were peaceful. What we saw on Capitol Hill in January, uh, compared with what we saw in over the summer in June, for example, is just on a, a very different scale. Cori Bush knows that all too well. Last summer, she was protesting a black man being run over by a police cruiser. 
when she was pepper sprayed. Now, as a newly sworn-in Democratic member of Congress, she saw a clear double standard and wrote about it in a Washington Post editorial. My skin burned for 22 hours. The memory of that burn stung with a new kind of pain as I watched in horror and disbelief as an insurrectionist mob overran the Capitol. We faced police stops when we fought for justice. It was no coincidence that this tool of racial control was absent as rioters carried the flag of the slave catcher's confederacy through the house rotunda. Many have said that what transpired was not America. They are wrong. This is the America that black people know. At the time, President-elect Joe Biden had said, this isn't America, but isn't it? I think it is America. This is not uh, a radically different America than it was 50 years ago, right? As it was 100 years ago, 150 years ago. So we have to see this in the context of American history. In true Donald Trump fashion, he described a very different America in his last video as president. We restored the idea that in America, no one is forgotten because everyone matters and everyone has a voice. Ironically, Joe Biden's voice doesn't seem to matter either. The outgoing president snubbed the incoming president's inauguration and didn't even welcome him into the White House. The personal handover from each commander in chief is probably the most visible part of America's peaceful transfer of power. And an inauguration day tradition for the past 150 years. Instead, Trump threw himself a party with a cryptic last statement. Goodbye, we love you, we will be back in some form. He then fled before the inauguration even started. With that, Donald J. Trump was no longer America's president, leaving a fractured country in his wake. But he is in for a rough ride. President Trump is going to have a very embattled post-presidency. Laura Brown is a political scientist at George Washington University. Where do you see Donald Trump in a few years? It is possible that he will be indicted. He could be found guilty of one or more crimes. He could be in dire financial straits because many of his loans are um, set to come due. Cleaning up after him will also be tough. The anti-state movement has become very powerful. Especially now during a stressful pandemic with people around the globe isolated and online. Global hate crime expert, Barbara Perry. As long as COVID persists, I think we still have, you know, growing anxieties, in fact. You know, we're looking for outlets for that anxiety. The far right provides some pretty easy answers to those problems. Canada is seeing it already, with small signs of allegiance to the U.S. Capitol riot. So-called Canadians for Trump gatherings were seen in Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary, and Red Deer, Alberta, with some actually crossing the border. Experts on extremism are watching closely in a potential election year. My fear is if we call a quick election on the heels of what we've seen in the U.S., that the activities there might in fact inspire and embolden similar activities here. Thank you, America. 
But inauguration days give us hope for a fresh start. And with America reeling from a pandemic, a struggling economy, and racial unrest, it can't come soon enough. A sentiment passionately expressed by young poet laureate Amanda Gorman. We are striving to forge our union with purpose, to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gaze not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. Now, despite calls for unity, it doesn't appear that Donald Trump will fade away anytime soon. There are rumors he's even starting his own political party called the Patriot Party. You've been listening to CTV's W5 with Avery Haynes.